Okay, I'm not gonna ask. Okay, I'm gonna ask. Can I borrow some money? Long story short, I met someone online. Could you take me to the airport tomorrow morning, 4 a.m.? I don't know. Ah! Hey, is anybody home? Uh, check out what she's eating. Can you say <coughs> carbs? Is that the new iPad? Oh, girl, it's not. I don't know if you got my call or calls, plural. Hello? Yeah, I don't know if you got my message, but I was trying to call you. I made us best friend t-shirts, besties forever. Hello? Hey. Hey, girly girl, 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 girl. Okay, oh my God. <laughs> oh yeah. Hey, hey. Whoa, let's party. Uh-huh, take it downtown. Hey, are you there? Does this make me look fat? No, don't tell me. Okay, no, tell me. Does it? Girl, you look so cute in that. Okay, we're gonna take a picture. We're gonna post it on Facebook. Come on. Okay, right here, right here. We're gonna say besties forever. Can I wear it, like right now? Are you behind the couch? Muffin top. Hey, hey, hey. I don't know. Hello, damn. Oh, thank you. Ah, rolling in my 5.0, you know, with my drag top down. So my hair can glow. Hey, guys. How you guys doing? Welcome to week three of How to Hug a Vampire. Hey, this, hey, hey. Hey, 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 girly girl, 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 girl. girl. This is my wife, Kim. Y'all say hello to Kim. Hey, everybody. And we decided that we were going to teach this together um, because, um, just because. So uh, we uh, have actually, one of the great things about ministry and also one of sometimes the struggling things about ministry is just friendships. You know, so many times, one of the things that I've realized as a pastor, many times, People don't want to befriend the pastor because they may end up in, like, sermon illustrations. Um, and uh, the one thing I would say I do have in common with Army folks here is just like you guys move a lot. A lot of times ministry, we move as well uh, many times. And it's difficult to build friendships. So anyway, before we dive in, I want to say a, a welcome to two groups of people. First, to our first-time guest. If this is your first time here, we're so honored that you're here. Uh, the, our, in, our entire mission is to lead people to a growing relationship with Jesus Christ. And this environment we create every Sunday morning for you to create a safe place for you to be able to come and kind of kick the tires of Christianity. So we want to say a huge welcome to our guests. Can you all give it up for them? Also, want to say a huge welcome to our VIPs. Our volunteers are very important here. So if you serve here, y'all give it up for our volunteers. You guys are awesome. Thank you very, very much. All right. Thank you for standing up, even though I didn't ask you to stand up. That was good. Very awkward for both of us. In this entire sermon series is really uh, written around a, a book that I read a while back ago called Boundaries by uh, Dr. Henry Cloud. And um, I, we talked about this the past couple of weeks, but here's a definition of a boundary. What is a boundary? Well, a boundary is a property line that indicates ownership and responsibility in a relationship. That's what a boundary is. A boundary is a property line that indicates ownership and responsibility in a relationship. Boundaries define what is me and what isn't me. And, and boundary defines where I begin and where you end. Because so many times what we have a tendency to do is we, have, we stress out over other people's junk. And many times when we do that, we really need to draw some boundaries. So again, my wife and I, we decided we were going to teach this together because we have a lot to say about friendships. Um, I tell you, our friendships have been some of the best things at a part of our 20 years of marriage. It really has. But also, some of our biggest pains have been from friendships. And again, I think the same could probably be said of you. So we're going to be talking about friendships. Now, when you think about friendships or friending or this or that, what immediately, what many of us think about is we think about technology. Because when I think about friends... I think about, many times, Facebook. In fact, think about this. With technology today, we are more connected than we ever have been before. People can friend us on Facebook. They can follow our every move via hashtags, via 140 characters through Twitter. 
where they can see what we did and what we ate via Instagram, right? Um, they can uh, look at our lives um, through six-second sna- uh, six snippets. All right, through six-second snippets through Vine, um, we, people can also just be able to see entire movies of our life through YouTube. I mean, we, have, we are more connected now than we ever have been. But I truly believe that we are more lonelier now than we ever have been because I think we've confused this idea of putting out information in, in thinking that if we get more information out there about us, then we're going to become more connected. And I, and I would say we're not because so many times, have you ever, anybody ever been to a party or been to a room and everybody's on their phones? I've been there, all right? In fact, I have been to parties where everybody's on their phones like they've been at my house and somebody told me they call that twispering. Didn't know that, right? But here's the thing. I was at a conference, I guess it was last week, week before last, and there was these two guys standing this close together texting. And I went up to him, and I, I, I says, you know, he's right there. You could put down your phone. And he started laughing. But, you know, they weren't doing it with each other. So, anyway. But it's this whole idea that we can be so integrated into technology and be so focused on our phones, our Blackberries, our, our iPods, our iPhones, whatever, and we totally miss the personal connection that God wants us to have with each other. I think in this age of button-clicking friendships, friends so cheaply attained can be very lightly esteemed. And what we want to talk about today is we're going to be looking at characteristics of healthy friendships but we're also going to be looking at some characteristics of unhealthy friends. We call them vampires. Yes. So, ladies, I, um, I, I'm excited to have this opportunity to speak because I feel like in the world of friendships, and you can correct me if I'm wrong, I feel like probably as women, we struggle a little bit more in the area of friendships and connections than guys do. I mean, let's be honest. There's been plenty of times that Chris has gone to Best Buy, he's come home and he's shared with me this amazing experience that he had standing in front of an 80 inch color television, plasma screen, 1080 DPI, and then some dude walks up and they go, hey. And he comes home and he's like, I got a new best friend, we are in. He is like my lifelong buddy. And I'm like, oh, sounds great. Uh, you know, we, we tend to be a little bit more uh, selective, I think, as women. And, um, you know, God has created us specifically as women to care and to nurture and to love. And all of those characteristics are wonderful and they make us who we are. And they also affect our friendships. You know, as women, we tend to pour out everything we've got. We pour it out for our husband. We pour it out for our kids. We pour it out for our other family members. So why would we be any different when it comes to finding a friend? When we give, we give deeply. When we feel, we feel deeply. When we care, we care all the way. There's not this much caring about something. Maybe I'm just weird. I don't know. Please, can I hear something? A laugh? Can we get an audible on that? There we go. There we go. Thank you. Uh, you know, we, we tend to, as women, when we connect with someone, we want to connect all the way. You know, as women, we can get on the phone, and I mean, a five-minute conversation can go for an hour, turn into an hour conversation about mascara, or, you know, or, or what about hair products? Oh, my gosh. I mean, how much time could we spend on that? And don't get us started on waxing. I mean, that's a whole other story going on there. You know, Just stay back. Just stay back. <laughs> I'm just saying, there are some things you go, oh, really? I never knew that. Wow. I mean, that is friendship. You know, we, we want to be known. We're the, you know, as women, we're the type that we love to laugh until we cry. And we love to cry until we laugh. We connect with one another on this level that's deeper. We want to be known. I, as a woman, want to stand in front of my friend or stand beside my friend and know that it doesn't matter if I'm having a bad hair day. It doesn't matter if my makeup's a mess. It doesn't matter what I've got on or she worked out today and I didn't. I want it to be beyond that in a friendship. 
I want to know that what the world says I need to achieve, that I need to be a size two, have it all together, look good, smell good, supermodel who only eats apple peel and avocado, and every minute of the day I look perfect. I need to know that that's not what my friends expect from me. I need to know that I have other women that I can connect with, that they're just like me. When they wake up, their hearts are full of concern for their family and their friends, that we have a to-do list that never truly gets done, that when our, when our feet hit the floor, we know that we've got several other persons in our house to think through before we ever get to ourselves, and God forbid that the laundry is not done because then I don't have anything to put on my body as I get ready to go out into the size two world and try to prove to them that I can make it just how I am and where in the world is my friend? Where's the person that I can just rely on? I don't know about you ladies, but I want a friend like that. I need a friend like that. When we're fortunate enough to find a friend like that, man, we, we, we grab on fast. We invest deeply. But if we're honest with ourselves, we probably have had some of the most glorious and wonderful experiences we've ever had in our lives with our friends and probably some of the deepest pain we've ever felt before. We felt at the hands of a friend. I know for me, what has started out as the funnest coolest, bestest, most real, most amazing, I can just be who I am, sit and talk for hours on the phone or at Starbucks type of relationship that builds me up and helps me grow. I know that that can turn into a knife that cuts my heart like nothing else ever has. Our friendships take place in seasons. That's one of the things that I've had to learn that what starts out wonderful over time can shift. Whether I shift or whether the other person shifts, whether that comes through a change of heart, a different way of thinking, maybe it's a physical change in life, maybe it's a job change, maybe it's a marriage, maybe it's a divorce, maybe somebody has a baby, maybe somebody can't. But through time, that friendship gets tested and pulled. And what was what such a gift becomes a hurt and a pain and a loss. So today we just wanna take a look at our friendships. We wanna take a look at some glorious, wonderful moments and we wanna take a look at some things that, oh, oh my gosh, that hurts like crazy. And sometimes I think we have to pull the lens back and go, is this me or is it you? You might be a vampire. So to set us up for today, I wanna show you this clip. Beautiful example of what many of us have experienced in our friendships. Let's take a look. Um, hi, um, I'm Annie Walker. Yay, Annie! <laughs> uh, I'm not going to go on with a big speech, so I'll just say this. Um, I'm so happy to be a part of this celebration, and you two deserve each other, as well as a lifetime of happiness. Cheers. Cheers. Love you guys. Cheers. Cheers. Thank you, Annie. That was so sweet. Thank you. Lil, remember that trip we took to Miami with the boys? <laughs> and they were working the entire weekend, and we just sat and drank wine and ate peanut brittle, and I shared things with you that I've never shared with anyone, and you made me realize how I can trust people again. So let me just say, Lillian, you're my best friend. And I'm so proud of you. Sorry. And um, Doug Lee, I'm sorry, inside joke. <laughs> uh, you better not keep my Lil on a leash because I still need my drunken Saturday nights at Rock and Sushi, okay? Everybody, raise your glasses to the couple of the decade. Doug and Lillian. Woo! Have a great night. Dessert wine is out. Dessert wine, yummy. Um, I just wanted to say really quick that your 
so special to me because, well, one of the reasons is because I've known you my, my whole entire life, and you've really helped shape who I am. I just want to thank you for carefully selecting me as your maid of honor. <laughs> I know you had uh, some other choices, but um, you're like my sister, and I love you. Well, that concludes the speeches for the night. Thank you. One last thing. I, it's rare to meet someone as an adult who you really connect with, and that's you, Lil. I went to Thailand recently with my husband, Perry, and there's a beautiful saying that I learned there. Kun, ben sung nong kong chan, sung chan ja kat madai, mai ben chen It means you are a part of me, a part that I could never live without, and I hope and I pray that I never have to. Kapkunka. Kapkunka. And that's it for tonight. Thank you for coming. Really quick. Thank you all for coming. I just wanted to say really Dessert quick. wine is out. <laughs> Consuelo? Really quick. Speaking of Consuelo, Lillian and I took Spanish together in school. And so I would just like to say to you and to everyone here, gracias para vivar en la casa. En las escuelas, en el azul marcada, tienes con vivir en las fochtuas. And gracias. <laughs> Thank you. I feel so close to you and can trust you. You're my angel and soulmate. And I feel I can communicate with you with simply a look. Thank you for coming. Yep, yep, I got it. Lillian. Keep smiling, keep shining, knowing you can always count on me for sure. That's what friends are for. In good times and bad times, I'll be on your side forevermore. That's what friends are for. Cup Kumka. What are some characteristics of some unhealthy friends? Because as you can tell, so many times the people, many times we surround ourselves with can sometimes not be the healthiest. Um, here's the first characteristic is friends insisting on going the wrong way. Friends insist on going the wrong way. This is from Proverbs 13:20, and it says this, he who walks with the wise grows wise. That means they get wiser and wiser. But a companion of fools does what? Suffers harm. In fact, how many of y'all, you have children, you've talked about this with your kids? Many of us, right? We have this idea that this verse only applies to teenagers, but it applies to everyone. And the question that we need to ask is, who are you walking with? Again, when we read this verse, it almost sounds harsh. I mean, here at One Church, one of the things we talk about is we need to build relationships with outsiders and people who are far from God, building connections with our neighbors and people who are different from us. And again, we should all do this. And that's not what this verse is speaking against. This verse is talking about walking with the wise. When you walk with someone, it's not describing a casual relationship. It's talking about a partnership. It's talking about a relationship that is lasting, all right? We have all met fools, but this verse specifically is talking about a companion of fools. There is a partnership here. The question is, who are you hanging with? Who are you spending time with? Who are you listening to? Who are you laughing with? Who are you crying with? Who are you walking with in life? Who are the people you're opening up with and who are the people that are opening up to you? Our big idea that we're landing on today is this. Who you're hanging with determines where you're headed. Can we say that? Who you're hanging with determines where you're headed. 
Another way you can say that is show me your friends and I'll show you your future. It's that simple. It's the principle of influence. People influence each other. You can't help it. It's just going to happen. You tell me who you're hanging with, and I'll tell you where you're headed. And again, we can tell ourselves these ideas that, well, you know what? I'm influencing them. I'm helping them. And you know what? You may be, but don't be deceived. They are also influencing you. And so many times we put ourselves in relationships with people saying, and we expect us to be their savior, and you're not and nor am I. And what we have a tendency to do is we see ourselves that we become changing more like them and not them like Jesus. So who are you hanging with? Who are you hanging with? So many people use past pain as an excuse to cause pain in the present. They use past as an excuse to not take responsibility for their behavior. Unhealthy people can cause so much damage, and they have a tendency to hurt other people. Y'all have heard this whole thing, that hurt people hurt people. People who are hurt have a tendency to hurt other people as well. Some people choose to blow up relationships before it can blow up on themselves. I'll never forget. I was on staff at a church back in the, the late 90s, a church in Alabama. And I remember there was this guy... He was the minister of, of music there, and he was an older gentleman. And uh, I'll never forget, I mean, on Wednesday nights, you know, they had choirs and stuff like that. Anybody remember choir? Anyone? Oh, besides me? All right, cool. Some of you are like, yes! Right? I, on Wednesday nights, you know, they'd have choir, and they would rehearse. And the dude would get up, and something would happen, and somebody hit a wrong part, and he would just go off. He would start yelling and throwing stuff down. He was the pastor of worship, right? I mean, he is just, he's acting like a total nincow poop, right? And I remember people would ask him, what is wrong with you? And he would say, well, I was just unloved as a child. Dude is 50 years old, right? I mean, but so many times we use past hurt to, to, to give excuses to hurt people in the present. Let me give you just an Here's some truth for you. Do you know everybody's hurt? Everybody plays hurt. Everyone we encounter has a story. The goal is to not let the hurt of your story, of your past, constantly affect and poison your present relationships. So yeah, you may have been through a lot of terrible things, probably so much worse than I ever have. But know this, if you continue to allow your past to poison your present and your future relationships, you will always be that vampire friend because who you're hanging with determines where you're headed. If you have some friends who are insisting on going the wrong way, it's time to go to the friend pawn shop, go see Pawn Stars, all right? And you go exchange those friends in. You won't get much for them, but you need to find some new friendships because if you're hanging out with them, you will become them. That was good. Nice. The second character we want to look at today is friends who take more than they give. Friends who take more than they give. Now, I'm sure we've all been there. Um, you know, there's... Uh, there's two different, two different types of friends in this category, so I want to be careful that I don't uh, get off track here. Let me start with a verse. In Proverbs 25, 17, it says, don't visit your neighbors too often or you will wear out your welcome. Now that to me is the girl that we saw in the video earlier today. You know, hey girl, girly girl, girl, texty, texty. Hey, love you. You're my best friend. We're hanging up. Get it downtown, whatever. You know, I mean, you've got that person who is just like constantly in your business and you just are like, I just, I just need a little space. You know, there's that person. Then there is the person who genuinely is trying to cultivate a relationship with you, but is just not going the right direction whether that's their issue, whether that's your issue. Uh, for example, let's talk about like Marsha and Tammy. We'll just make up these names. If that's your name in here, I'm so sorry. Um, Marsha, Mary Ellen, I don't know. Anyway, whoever. And so Marsha calls Tammy. She's like, hey, there's a craft fair down at so-and-so. You wanna head down there, hang out for a little while. Tammy's like, no. 
Okay, well, that's cool. That's cool. All right, a few days later, Tammy's going to call Marsha again. She's like, hey, uh, I just had a, a little space of time. My husband's got the kids. You want to run over to Starbucks, maybe hang out for a few minutes, just kind of spend some time together? No. Okay, all right, good. Well, uh, hey, guess oh, there's a sale over at the mall. Want to head on over there? We can hang out for a little bit, just spend some time together. Uh, no. Eventually, you kind of feel like, okay, I'm, I'm giving here. I'm kind of putting myself out there. And the other person is like, not. And I think we have to watch out for that. Because when we find ourselves in a relationship where we're really trying to connect in a genuine way, we're not trying to suck the life out about someone. We're just trying to get to know them, kind of share who we are, kind of figure out what's your story, what's my story, how can we learn from one another, hang out, have some fun, and the other person's like, no, 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 no. Then um, that might, might not be the friend you're looking for there. It's vampires. Uh, but... When it comes to something that they're interested in or they want to do, then it's like, oh yeah, let's go. We got time for that. You know, if if it's something that's gonna benefit them or something that they want to do or something that they want to be a part of, then it's like, oh, come on, let's go hang out. God forbid you say no. That's not gonna go well. So our time in those relationships is really important. There's there's a verse that we talked about before, Galatians um, chapter in chapter six, verses two and five, where it says, carry each other's burdens. Each one should carry his own load. Now we talked about that a little bit before. That sounds kind of like a contradiction. Carry each other's burdens, but each one should carry his own load. We talked about the fact that the word burden is the same as the word or has the meaning of the word boulder. So, I mean, I know some of you in here are into CrossFit. Congratulations. Y'all are, woo, go for it. I've seen you lift those logs and those sandbags and do that kind of stuff, which is amazing. Um, But that's kind of that idea of that boulder. It's like really humongously big. It's not something you can easily carry by yourself. So in our friendships, that's absolutely how we're supposed to be. But then each one should carry his own load. Kind of refers to like a backpack, Each person's got some things in their life they have to be responsible for. They've got some things they've got to carry on their own. And in friendship, we need to watch out for that. If you find a friend that constantly has their boulder and they're calling on you to help them with the boulder, but then you you might just want to discuss a little something that's in your backpack. Oh, no. Mm -mm. Can't go there. It's too deep. I've got too much pain. Can't walk that road. Can't hear that. Brings up bad things. You know, we've got to watch out for that. So if you're constantly pouring out and the other person is taking, but then when it's emergency time for them, they're like, where are you? I need you. Please come to me. And you drop everything to go and be with them. And then after that, it's like cricket, cricket, cricket. We might not be heading in the right direction there. Um, So just keep that in mind. Just watch out. Who are you walking with? Um, It sounds harsh to say, but there are some people that they're not exactly where they need to be. And so our place might not be right beside them. We're supposed to walk with the wise. So be sure that you stop and ask those questions. Am I walking with the wise? In Proverbs seventeen seventeen, it says, a friend is always loyal and a brother is born to help in a time of need. So look for that in a friend, not someone who just takes, Not someone who's happy to receive whatever it is that you have to give and give nothing back, but someone who's willing to help you carry your boulder, listen to some things that are in your backpack, and walk with you. Absolutely. I think friends are always there for friends. Uh, You know, after Marsha, she mentioned Marsha and Tammy, after Marsha needs to uh, draw those boundaries of saying, you know, okay, okay, I'm going to call you, and if you don't call me back, then, you know, I'm going to wait on you after you draw those boundaries. Think about this. What's the worst that can happen? If Marsha quits bugging Tammy and says, okay, I'm going to call you, and then you need to take responsibility for your half, what's the worst thing that can happen for Marsha? Well, the worst thing that can happen is that the friendship dies. And then she'll realize that it really wasn't a friendship to begin with. It was just a one-sided relationship. Now, what's the next characteristic of a friendship vamp? It's this. Friends who gossip and are always critical. This is kind of self-explanatory, so I'm not going to delve deep into this. I'm just going to read a bunch of scripture from Proverbs. This is what Proverbs says. 
to uh, Proverbs 20, 19, bless you. A gossip goes around telling secrets, so don't hang out with what? Chatterers, absolutely. And the Bible gives us a warning. Don't closely knit yourself with a gossiper. gossiper. Let me just say this. If you've got somebody who is always coming to you and they're talking about your friends, give it time because they're going to the people they're talking about and they're going to talk to them about you. All right? I said that very poorly. I'm just saying, I'm going to say this one more time. If you got somebody talking about your friends to you in their life, give it time. They're going to talk to those friends about you. It is a matter of time. Eventually, that triangle will meet. This is what Proverbs 11:13 says. A gossip goes around telling secrets, but those who are trustworthy can keep a confidence. Gossip blows up relationships. Um, do, think about this. Do your friends lie all the time? Maybe not to you. But maybe they lie to other people. Give it time. Eventually, they'll lie to you. Are your friends always critical about other people? But maybe not to you, but to other people. Give it time. They will eventually be critical to you. Are your friends uh, doing things online or texting stuff about to another person? Give it time. Eventually, they're going to do it about you. This is what Proverbs 22 says. Don't befriend an angry people or associate with hot-tempered people or you will learn to be like them and endanger your soul. If you hang out with angry people, what you're doing is you are hurting yourself. If you're hanging out, ladies, if you're hanging out with a guy who can't drive down Main Street without giving half of a peace sign, (laughs) you need to leave him. He's a vampire. Uh, ladies, if you're hanging out with a, re- uh, with a guy who screams at the referees or the umpires at a softball game because he thinks he's going to be the next, you know, Barry Bonds, two words, dump and run, right? I mean, angry people, thank you, just got there, right? Angry people will endanger your soul. And I'm telling you, here's a principle. If most of the time you are spending with someone and they are breaking commandments, then that person is a vampire and you need to walk away. Mm. The last characteristic of a vampire friend is someone who is consistently unreliable. You've been there. You know what I'm talking about, the unreliable friend. I have a friend in my life, beautiful woman, love her to death extremely thoughtful and one of the best gift givers I've ever known. She is so great to think ahead, to think about birthdays, to think about Christmas. And recently she had a friend and um, as they've gotten to know each other, um, she decided, well, I wanna, you know, I wanna get her some gifts. I wanna get her something for Christmas, I wanna get her something for her birthday, you know, special occasions, think about things like that. And so she did, got her a birthday present, That was awesome, friend loved it. Her birthday rolled around, my friend's birthday rolled around, nothing. Here comes Christmas, give her a present. Merry Christmas, love you, thanks for being my friend. No gift in return. Here comes another special occasion, gives her a gift. No gift in return. Now it's not about the gifts. As you and I both know, it's about the heart. It's about knowing that this is a relationship where both of us are part of it. I can count on you, you can count on me. And after a while, when you're in that situation where you feel like you've given and given and it's not being returned, you begin to realize this person may not be who I think they are. They may not be very reliable. There's a verse in Proverbs, um, Proverbs 25, 19, that says, putting confidence in an unreliable person in times of trouble is like chewing on a broken tooth or walking on a broken foot. A couple years ago, I had to have a root canal in a tooth that had just been filled. And I got the tooth filled, everything was great, but then this pain just kept coming back and coming back. I didn't have to rush off for surgery or anything. It wasn't life-threatening, but man, did it drive me crazy. It hurt so bad. And the thing was, I wasn't sure which days it was gonna hurt and which ones it wasn't. Some days I'd be totally fine. Some days I'd be writhing in pain, sitting on the couch, ice pack on my face, popping ibuprofen like candy. And still, it was just nagging, nagging, nagging. Do you know that friend? Have you walked with that friend? Where some days everything is smooth sailing, and other days, here it comes. They're unreliable. You can't count on them. 
There's another verse, I know we're going heavy in Proverbs today, but it says, a righteous man is cautious in friendship, but the way of the wicked leads them astray. Watch out for the unreliable friend. In your effort to reach them, you may follow them. You don't wanna find yourself on that path. Trust me, vampires suck the life out of you. If you are a friend with a vampire, you will get bit. Don't think that you're gonna be the one who rises above. You will find yourself in that place. You can love somebody, you can pour out to somebody, you can be a great example to somebody, but if you know they are a vampire, back up, find some sunshine, get some garlic. That stuff is supposed to be really good for lots of things. So, um, so just watch out. Remember, be cautious. Who you're spending your time with, who you're hanging out with, determines the direction that you're headed. We're gonna look at an example today of a couple of friends in the Bible, and this is a very healthy relationship we're gonna look at. We're gonna look at David, and we're gonna look at Jonathan. And the place where we're gonna pick up, um, David has been chosen to be the next king of Israel. He's not the king yet, um, but he's going to be the next king. Um, and we're learning that Saul is a vampire. Saul's getting jealous of David. Saul's not doing what God's telling him to do. And all of those things are starting to show up in Saul's life. And so rather than Saul continuing to support David and believe in David, he starts coming after him. He's ready to get him. He's the vampire. So we're gonna look at 1 Samuel 17. And it says, as soon as David returned from killing Goliath, Abner brought him to Saul with the Philistine's head still in his hand. Remember, after, after he killed Goliath, he sawed his head off and they were carrying it around. Look, Goliath is dead. And after David had finished talking with Saul, he met Jonathan, the king's son. Now, this is one of those friendships right away. It's, it's awesome. You know, there's, there's a, a, a saying, well, maybe it's, is it a saying? Well, we'll see, we'll see what they say. That a great friend will help you move. A best friend will help you move a body right? So you've got those friends who will help you do some things, but then there's those friends who help you do the thing, right? And in this case, we're not only talking about a body, which was huge. We're talking about a head. We've got this, you know, head we've got to display. Um, And so we're seeing here that this relationship begins between Jonathan and David. In uh, 1 Samuel 18, verse 1, it says, after David had finished talking with Saul, he met Jonathan, the king's son, and there was an immediate bond between them for Jonathan loved David. Aren't those the best friendships in the world? Don't you love those kind of friendships where you meet somebody and you're like, oh, I love you. You are amazing. I've got a couple people in this room that way. I can think of one of them that I met when one church was just barely beginning. Met this lady at a backyard Bible club. Y'all, I was pregnant. I was huge. She really was huge. Hey. <laughs> met her at a backyard Bible club. Mosquitoes everywhere. It was so hot. Here comes this beautiful, thin, perfect, blonde-haired, beautiful woman with her sweet little children. And hey. And I just thought, kill me now. Wow. But through that relationship that we began, golly, what, six years ago, we've had the opportunity to walk with one another and know one another and be there for one another very closely at times and then other times just watch from a distance. More babies have been born. We've moved from house to house. We've watched things happen. We've had successes. We've had failures. We've had challenges. We've had fears. But we are knit together. And those are the types of friends that we need to watch for. Jonathan is not a person who walks in to David and is all, hey-ho, I'm the king's son. I got it all together. He's not that guy. He's the guy who comes in and sees David and sees that David is chosen and he's ready to give and serve. He's ready to spur David on in what he does. He's not selfish. He's not conceited. He wants to give and he wants to be a part of David and David's life because he loves him so much. So the first characteristic of a healthy friendship is this, that a healthy relationship is God-centered. And that's what we see with David and Jonathan. It is so God-centered. 
you know, one of the things as we, you know, we talk through um, relationships is this idea that we've all been burned. Um, we've all been hurt. And usually what we have a tendency to do is when we've gotten, when we've gotten hurt, we kind of put up our defenses and we kind of keep people out because we've all been ver- burned by vampires. And that reaction of never trusting anyone, not letting anyone in ever again, is unhealthy itself. And if we don't watch out, vampires, think about this, vampires always turn other people into vampires in the movies, right? When somebody gets bit, they become a vampire. So when you get bit by a vampire, you have to guard yourself and not let yourself become bitter. This is what C.S. Lewis says about this. To love it all is to be vulnerable. Love anything and your heart will be wrung and possibly broken. If you want to be sure to keep your heart intact, you must, you must give your heart away to no one, not even an animal. Wrap it carefully around with hobbies and little luxuries. Avoid all entanglements. Lock it up safely in the casket of your selfishness. And in that casket, safe, dark, motionless, airless, it will change. It will not be broken. It will become unbreakable, impenetrable, and irredeemable. Yes, you're going to be hurt, and I am going to be hurt. But the thing we have to remind ourselves is this. We cannot let bitter bitterness land in our hearts. We have to keep our relationship God-centered. And remember that we are to forgive other people just as God, through Christ, has forgiven us. Mm-hmm. You know, I think that as Chris and I were talking about this idea of everyone has a story. I think that as we begin to look at starting a friendship or maybe a friendship has started and we're continuing to move on in it and then some things shift. I think we really do have to remember everyone has a story. And sometimes we don't know what that story is. And and I'm just going to take a moment of honesty here. Sometimes I feel like I am the queen of the vampire friend. Sometimes I feel like I've attracted every vampire on the face of the earth. And there are times that I have been the vampire. And the thing that I have had to learn for me is that there's some things in that other person's life that I don't know. And so when I feel a shift start to happen there, or when I see some things happen that I'm like, what? What is this? This is not the person that I thought this was. I have to remember, there, there may be things going on underneath the surface and in the past that I know nothing about. And maybe I've said something or done something without knowing that's kind of stirred some of that defensiveness or past hurt or, or whatever that may be. Maybe it stirred some of that up in them. And so as we look at How do we develop a healthy friendship? Keep that in mind. I have to realize sometimes a person's past has nothing to do with me. And I can become a vampire when I get so obsessed with, well, what did I do? Well, what did I say? Well, how do I fix it? Well, why don't they like me? Instead of realizing there's a story there, there's a past there. I have that same thing. We're both just kind of working around trying to find our way to healthy and strong friendship with one another. That brings us to the third point. A healthy relationship is a secure relationship. You don't want to feel like you've always got to be walking, looking over your shoulder, watching your back, checking your text, apologizing for everything you say. Watch what you say. But in your moments of honesty, you need to know that you are secure. If you're sitting there talking to someone, you may be sharing a struggle, sharing something you've gone through, and in the back of your mind, you're thinking, I wonder if this is going to show up on Facebook. Then you probably are with a vampire friend. In 1 Samuel 18, verse 3, it says, Jonathan made a solemn pact with David because he loved him as he loved himself. They made a solemn pact in their friendship. They made a commitment to one another. They agreed, we are in this thing together and it is worth it. You are worth it. I am worth it. I want to commit and I want to walk through this thing with you. 
Proverbs 18, 24, a man of many companions may come to ruin, but there is a friend who sticks closer than a brother. That is not just our earthly friends. That is our heavenly father, Jesus Christ. And let me be clear, any close and intimate relationship that we want to have in our lives must be built on Jesus Christ. You cannot be someone's savior. I cannot be someone's savior. And believe me, I've tried. I can't do it. So as we get to know someone, we need to remember God first as we continue to get to know one another. As, as uh, David and Jonathan's relationship continues, David, excuse me, Jonathan ends up protecting David from his own father. Saul is coming after David, going to kill him, do all these things. And, and Jonathan is there to protect David, to watch out for him. I don't know about you. Maybe this is just females. Maybe it's what we do with our families. Man, I'm going to protect my things. Don't mess with my stuff. Don't mess with my people. Don't mess with my kids. Don't mess with my man. Don't mess with my Lassiter's coffee mug. If you take that out of the house and you lose it, by the way, where is that? I, I, I got to talk to Walt about that. Uh, but it's, you know, we have this protectiveness that we want to watch over things. Are your friendships secure? Can you trust them with what you say? Can you trust them with what you have? Can you trust them with your children? Can you trust them with your spouse? Can you trust them with your hurt, with the things that are deep down inside of you? Can you be real with who you are? Or when you start to talk, do you always hear, well, hey, I, well, hey, you know me. Well, I could. We need it to be based on the Lord and on one another, not just one side or the other. Wounds from a sincere friend, sorry, Chris. Wounds from a sincere friend are better than many kisses from an enemy. Be real with your friends. Show them that you're willing to go to the hard place and create security there. When things get awkward, be willing to say, hey, what is up? Don't just run. Don't just ditch it. Ooh, I'm done with them. Wall up. Dysfunction. Don't go there. Stick it out. Work hard at it. The last characteristic we want to talk about before we close of a healthy friendship is this, is that healthy relationships are sacrificial relationships. This is in 1 Samuel 18, 4. It says this. Jonathan sealed the pact by taking off his robe and giving it to David. Together with his tunic, his what? Sword, his bow, and his belt. This was a sacrificial relationship. Jonathan gives David his own armor, his own, even his weapons to his friends. Now, just to give you a heads up, they're in the middle of a war with the Philistines. And when you're in the middle of a war, how, is important, how important is your armor? How important is your weapons? Crazy important. And not only... The weapons, these weapons, look, look at what it says. I'm going to go back. This is 1 Samuel 13, 19. It says this. There were no blacksmiths in the land of Israel in those days. So on the day of the battle, none of the people of Israel had a sword or spear except who? Saul and Jonathan. So how rare were swords back then? Crazy rare. All right? They only had two in the entire nation of Israel. And now Jonathan has given his sword to David. You know, this was a sacrifice for Jonathan, and you and I should sacrifice for our friends. You know, one of the things we talk about a lot here at One Church is we are to serve. And we talk a lot about serving because we believe that in order to be a committed Christian, you have to serve. And there's a lot of places you can serve. But I'm, I'm not just talking about just serving here. I'm talking about sacrificing for your friends. You see, you can't help everybody move. But you can help one person, a close friend, move. In fact, one person said it like this. It's been said that a friend is the other guy on the other end of the refrigerator to help you move. And that's exactly right. You see, at the end of the day, David didn't need hundreds of people to be his friend. He needed a Jonathan. He, he needed a Jonathan. He, Jonathan was the guy who killed 600 Philistines with a pitchfork. He needed a Jonathan in his life. Jonathan had David's back at every turn. And ultimately, Jonathan took a sword for David. He gave up his life 
for his friend. He sacrificed all that he was in the future that many of the people in Jerusalem said should have been Jonathan's. He should have been the next king in a lot of people's eyes. He says, no, that's not my calling, but David's calling is to be king, and I'm going to get behind him. Do you have friends like that in your life? I think that as we live our life, if we could have two or three close, lifelong friends, then you and I are truly blessed. You know, I've been married, excuse me, I've been alive for 42 years, and I remember, you know, friends that I had back in middle school, we're not really friends anymore, right? And friends that I thought were going to be like lifelong friends in high school, haven't been. Even friends that we've had in our wedding. I thought, man, they're going to be with us forever. No, many times they're not. Because friendships sometimes come in seasons. And that's okay. We have to realize this. But if you can have one or two or even three, God help us, close friends through your entire life, you and I are blessed. Now, as we close, some of you would say, you know, I don't know. Chris, you're talking about friendships and about sacrificing and about being God-centered. And I don't know what it's like to have that type of a friend. Others of you, you, you need to ask this question. Am I that type of a friend? Am I that type of a friend or have I been a vampire? Have I been the one that's been sucking the life out of other people? I just take and take and take. I'm critical. I put other people down so that I can make myself look better. Am I constantly drifting, grabbing people and drifting them farther from God? Or am I helping pushing them towards God? Do you know that you have a friend who wants to stick closer than a brother? A friend who, who was his, a, a, a blood pack friend of yours who literally gave his blood for you? It's Jesus Christ. In fact, this is what Jesus says in John 15. Greater love has no one than this, that he lay down his life for his friends. For some of you today, if you've not experienced that friendship that we've been talking about, you can with a God who loves you. You can totally do that today. I want to challenge you with three things as we go, very quickly. The first one is this. I want you to evaluate the friendships you have now. You need to evaluate them. You need to say, is this healthy or is this unhealthy? Second challenge is this. I want you to ask yourself, are you the vampire friend? So many of us, we have a tendency to blame other people and other people, and we keep on saying that this person, this person, this person. After a while, you have to look at yourself and say, am I the one? Am I the one that's really jacked up? It can't be everybody in the world that's jacked up, right? Maybe it's me. So evaluate yourself. Are you the friend that you want to see in other people? And lastly, be that type of friend to someone. Be that type of friend. The type of friend that just doesn't talk about mascara or just doesn't talk about stats of baseball or any of this. But actually, eventually, you talk about what really matters in your life. God. That you, you're, you're, you're sacrificing. You're not just taking, taking, but you're giving. Be that type of secure friendship for someone. Because all of us need friends. I want to answer one question. One person uh, texted in this question. is what it says. Is what happens when you don't have enough time to develop a relationship or a friendship? And I guess the thing I want to answer that without being too crass is I don't think you cannot have the time. Yeah, we're busy. Yeah, we're busy. You know, at the end of the day, when your life starts falling apart, and it will, the wheels will start falling apart, and they will fall off. They will. That's the time when you're really going to need a friend. And if you've not taken the time to develop that friendship and relationship, you will be alone. And you're going to have to be intentional and carve out time. It does take time.